Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Strange Familiars. How are you doing tonight, Allison? I'm doing okay. I just had popcorn, which is about the best thing to eat before you try to record a podcast. Taffy might have been better. <laughs> yeah, Saltwater taffy. I am going to get a drink. I used to have a really cool Strange Familiars uh, mm. water bottle, and then someone took it from me. You like it better, don't you? You like it better than your black one. I do. You can have it, but then I want a sticker for the black one. There are plenty of stickers. Mm-hmm. All right. On tonight's show, we are going to be talking with John and Carrie Ann from Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours. We're going to be talking about some ghostly experiences they've had while giving the tours and what got them started dealing with the paranormal. And we're going to be talking a little bit about the Transcendent Paranormal Conference and Vendor Fair, which is happening September 17th, 2022. That's this year. At the Scranton Cultural Center from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I will be speaking at that event, so I will be there. So we'll be talking a little bit about that and more with John and Carrie Ann coming up. Before we get to that, I want to thank our patrons. Thank you so much, patrons. Thank you for everything you do. We could not make Strange Familiars without you. If you like Strange Familiars, if you like what we do and you'd like to get more content, you could become a patron at Patreon. Help support the show and get two full extra episodes of Strange Familiars every month. To do that, you go to patreon.com. You can check out the different tiers of support there. You can sign up 
and pay monthly, or you can pay yearly and get a discount. Again, that's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. I have my schedule, Allison. Yes. For my appearances upcoming. As I mentioned, on September 17th, I will be at Transcendent Paranormal Conference and Vendor Fair at the Scranton Cultural Center in Scranton, PA, as I mentioned before. That's from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. I will be speaking. I believe I am the first speaker, so I'll be speaking before lunch there. But I will be hanging out all day. Stop by and talk to us. Tell us your strange stories. On October 1st, I will be at the Grand Wunderkammer (laughs) in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. That's at the Wyndham. That's kind of like an oddities show. I believe I'll be giving two talks there. Gettysburg's always fun. And we will have a table of our oddities and curiosities as well at that event. The following weekend, October 8th, I will be, of course, at Albatwitch Day, Columbia, Pennsylvania, at the Columbia Riverfront. I am, of course, the princess of Albatwitch Day. It's my big day. (laughs) It is your special day. (laughs) I will be speaking this year. I didn't speak last year. I think it's the first time in a couple years I didn't speak. But I will be giving a presentation of some sort this year at Albatwitch Day. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet, but I'll make it cool. The weekend after that, October 15th and 16th, the Strange Realities Conference is taking place in Nashville, Tennessee. I will be there in spirit. I will beam in remotely to do my talk. I think I'm talking on Sunday, but I'm not sure. Can you go in person this year? Who, me? No, I mean, can can a person... People can attend in person this year? I will not be, though. I will be beaming in from Pennsylvania, which means, as I always ask Adam whenever he invites me to do anything, do I have to wear pants? And no, I don't, because I will be... It's the same applies for Alba Twitch. I (laughs) I will be zooming in. All right, that's my schedule as I know it right now. I don't think I'm going to add any more events. There might be one more in October. We'll see. But let's go ahead and talk with John and Carrie Ann from Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours. That's Wyoming Valley in Pennsylvania, not Wyoming. Yeah, I didn't actually know there was a Wyoming Valley in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's up there, Scranton, Wilkes Bar, Poconos, that region. Tonight we're talking with John and Carrie Ann of Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours. How are you doing tonight? All right. How are you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing all right. Sorry, Carrie Ann. I stepped on you. <laughs> That's okay. So, you guys run a ghost tour company, but you are also hosting the Transcendent Paranormal Conference and Vendor Fair on September seventeenth, twenty twenty two. It's from ten a.m. to six p.m. at the Scranton Cultural Center, at which I will be speaking. So I will definitely be there. Who else is speaking that day? So we have Jason Haas of Taps. We have Sherry D. Benedetti. Uh, we have Cody Ray Despian and Satori Haas, also from TAPS, and also from, they're also known as the Paranormal Couple, uh, and they have a traveling haunted museum that they're going to be bringing with them and set up that exhibit. And we also have Eric Altman that will be there from the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society. That sounds like a great lineup. I'm happy to be a part of it. We'll talk more about the festival as we uh, get to the end of the interview. But first of all, I want to talk to you guys about how do you got started with Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours? Kind of tell me a little bit about the business and stuff. Well, Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours formed just due to my passion of seeking paranormal activity. And, 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 you know, 
trying to make contact with spirits and with people that have passed on. It's just always something that has interested me ever since I was a little kid, you know. I know there's a lot of stories out there, you know, where it started at a young age, but it, it truly did for me. I was maybe five years old and six at most. And I remember sitting in the house and sitting, you know, watching TV. And my mom would be in the kitchen. My dad would be doing whatever. And I'm looking over at the couch and I see a pillow just fall off the couch for absolutely no reason. And it would happen, you know, a couple times. I'd go pick it up. And I never said anything to my mom or my dad at that point. And I would just notice things were just off a little bit. I never felt scared, uh, threatened in any way. It was there to get my attention for sure. And I would notice like indistinguishable, like like no like featureless kind of, uh, at the time it was like a blob almost to me. It was like kind of like a grayish uh, black translucent kind of figures that I would see on the steps primarily uh, in the house here. And you know, there's, there's just a bunch of stuff that would go on, like little voices and you know, just something that always grabbed my attention. So what I, I found out later on, maybe a couple of years later in my life, I had two brothers and a sister that I unfortunately never got to meet. Uh, they passed away on Christmas morning, uh, December 25th, 1976. My parents owned a bake shop in Wilkesburg, Pennsylvania, Belucha's Homestyle Bakery, and they had a fire that broke out at 2.30 in the morning on Christmas. So unfortunately... I lost my two brothers and sisters, like I said, I never got to meet. So as my mom was telling me the story, it made a lot of sense that that's who it was, um, you know, in the home, watching over us, I guess, so to speak, and trying to interact with me, you know, their brother. So that's who kind of, I guess, really sparked it for me, because I always thought it was fascinating that we were able to see and interact with someone that has passed on, you know, unfortunately, that interaction for me uh, ended by about age 12 and I'm 44 now and I have not had any interaction with them since. So, but that's kind of what sparked it for me. Um, I was always into, you know, uh, horror movies and stuff like that. You know, it's my mom and I would do his little, when I was a little kid, she'd bring me in and watch, uh, you know, the twilight zone and Alfred Hitchcock. So I was always into like stuff like this. When I got older, my buddies and I, we would take trips and try to figure out, you know, the local legends in the area and go try to investigate, see if they existed, see if we can get them to come out. And then, you know, as I got older and older, I started to try to do a little bit more investigating different techniques, you know, reading about it when the Internet became around, trying to figure stuff out. Kind of went from there. I met Carrie Ann in 2004, and I told her about what happened. It's actually really weird though, because she knew nothing. I didn't actually tell her about the story when we first met. I didn't want to like weird her out and have her take off on me. So the first time she came over to this house to meet my mother and father, um, you know, we had dinner, talked to them, whatever. And she went upstairs. She asked where the restroom was and the bathroom. And she went upstairs and she came over to me and she came down and she goes, Hey, she goes, there's like voices right Kirian's yep. was. she's like i heard voices and what else did you there, hear? I, I heard whispers and voices well whispers voices and i smelled cigarette smoke mm -hmm. but it also i said that it sounded like they were playing cards like it was a card game that was happening upstairs oh interesting um, yeah and you uh, eventually told me that the bathroom used to be a porch mm -hmm. so that kind of made sense 
you actually had me talk to your mother about it and your mother told me that would have made sense that maybe the the men were out there like playing cards and things like that and that's exactly what it sounded like it was a poker game yeah, it smelled like much. cigar smoke <laughs> um that residual energy still was there you know but your mom would always talk about the experiences that she had in the house with your brothers and sister and your father would always talk about the experiences that they had in this this home with your brothers and sisters. But I've had various experiences, you know, that I didn't know the full story <laughs> about with, you know, while I was in this house. And then I finally got the full stories. So yeah. it's all like history from there. So like, <laughs> that's when I kind of broke it to her, like what I like to do. And then we started going. You know, we'd go out to different ghost hunts and things like that throughout, you know, throughout PA and the tri-state area, you know, we'd go to. And then we started doing our own investigating together, trying to be a little bit more professional. Uh, you know, so our friends would call us and could you do this and word of mouth and get to the next person, next person, a couple businesses. So what we did is we took that passion and our hobby and we turned it into a business because we want to share these experiences with as many people as possible. We want to, we want to create community-driven events like we do here in the Wyoming Valley, uh, particularly Luzerne and Lackawanna County. And that's exactly what we're doing. So we're bringing people into these historic locations. We work with nonprofits and historical societies and also privately owned places throughout the area to get them in, teach them the history of these locations, you know, bring them in through the lens of paranormal, pique their interest, teach them about the places. Hopefully they go back and they use these facilities for their own personal use later because there's a lot of really cool things that go on that a lot of people just wouldn't know about, like the local library, how they do like horror movie screenings, and they have all kind of stuff that they do, you know, different activities, and people get to experience this now. Now it's like open their eyes to what we have here. We bring them in, teach them the history, and then we set them up into small groups, and we conduct paranormal investigations. And for people outside of Pennsylvania, when you say Wyoming Valley, we're talking Pennsylvania. I think, yeah, we're yeah. which is like the northeast corner of uh, Pennsylvania. Yep. So Scranton, Wilkes Bar, that general area, Poconos. Yep, all yep. throughout that area, and yeah. also in the Lehigh Valley, also like Allentown and Bethlehem area. Okay, yeah, I was just through there, just coming back from New England. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you were saying. Yep, how was that? Fantastic. Had a fantastic time. Carrie Ann, before this experience at John's parents' house, had you experienced anything when you were young? I did have experiences, but I don't think that I realized what they were until I started to have conversations with John. So, so this um, th this is not uncommon, actually. Like, it, I, I get this a lot on the podcast. People will hear something someone will say on the podcast, a guest, and they'll, they'll say, oh, I didn't even know like that happened to me. So, yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's exactly what it was, is, uh, you know, thinking back to experiences that I did have as a child, it would spark like a memory and I would have this conversation with John and I'm like, wait, <laughs> so you mean to tell me when this happened to me as a child, that was actually something else? <laughs> you know, so I, thinking back, I am not from this area of Northeast PA. I actually grew up overseas. So we traveled, we went to castles and we went to various other, you know, locations overseas as well. And I remember this one experience and I've mentioned this to him in particular where I was sitting in my parents' bedroom and I, I saw this girl and she wasn't there. You know, I told my parents, they were like, no, 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 no. 
no, you didn't see that. And I told John and he's like, well, you know, like, you know, having more and more details, you know, when I first told it, you know, he's like, I think that that was, you know, something for you. Yeah. You know, slightly paranormal or something. But we also had experiences with my brother who had a lot more like he would have conversations with the owner of the house that we lived in in the basement and he would describe this man never having known him and he had passed on and my mother found out that this was the man that owned the house so he used to go on a couple of ghost hunts with us before he passed he had a lot more experiences than I did but I believed him (laughs) I believed him (laughs) so it's not something that it was new to me Mm -hmm. so this apparition of the girl you saw, so your parents couldn't see her and you could? Was that what was happening? Yes, it was. And they weren't in the room. So after it, it happened, I, I explained it to them and they were just like, no, no, it, it didn't happen. I don't know if it was like they just didn't want to believe that it happened or mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But yeah, they did not see it. Yeah, sometimes, I don't know. And maybe it's maybe it's for the best. Sometimes parents just shut it down, you know? (laughs) No, 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 no. That's not what you saw. Maybe they don't want their kids scared or something. Um, Do you remember, was she dressed in a particular way or from from a particular era or anything? She had on a blue dress and dark black hair. And that's all that I can remember her looking like. I don't remember any facial features. I was sitting on their bed. They were on the second floor window or second floor, but they had a, like a porch off of their room. So she would have had to have been on the second floor, like on their porch. She wouldn't have been able to get there. Mm-hmm. And so when I looked away and then looked back, she wasn't there. And about how old were you? Um, maybe eight. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, with John's experiences, too, when he said they ended at 12, it's interesting how much of the stuff appears to kids, you know, and uh, not always in a sinister way. But you wonder, like, is it simply the kind of thing, and I know we're just speculating, we don't know the answer, but I wonder, is it the kind of thing where kids are just more, literally more open to seeing this kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. It seems that way because there's so many stories that you hear uh, the same thing. You know, it, it kind of like just hits that brick wall, that switch is flipped, and uh, interaction just isn't there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then there's the whole thing with, you know, poltergeist activity spikes in young children and then around puberty and then mm-hmm. it, it kind of goes away. So, you know, is there a connection there? It's very, very interesting. Super interesting. And, you know, I don't think we get to have the answers before we we go, but uh, it's certainly no. certainly interesting to ponder. Yeah, absolutely. So as you guys are running these ghost tours, have you had any spooky experiences? Like- We've had. We, we truly have. It, it's just like any investigation. Uh, sometimes we were out there and we get absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. but good time, you know, trying, using the equipment, trying different techniques, uh, you know, and just getting to roam around these amazing buildings that we bring people in. But we have definitely had some hair raising experiences for sure. Now, we've never had anything pop out like, you know, nothing ever manifest, you know, jumped out, anything like that. But we've had quite a bit of cool things happen, like uh, physical movements uh, in, in a room. I mean, very small, but, you know, we were sitting at, I remember this one location we were at, we were at this big king table, now 13 people could sit at it, and it's getting close <laughs> to the end of the night. It's like 2.30 in the morning, and this is one of our extended investigations that we do at a local bed and breakfast. So it's 2.30 in the morning, and we're sitting out at this table, all of us around, there's six of us in this room. 
and we're asking the questions, you know, hey, you know, we appreciate the interactions tonight, uh, but, you know, if you can do one more thing for us, just to say goodnight, let us know, you acknowledge us, and, you know, whatever. So, you know, we gave them the opportunity uh, to do whatever they want. So we weren't getting anything. And what I did is I always bring a Van de Graaff, uh, generator with me just to try to, like, get some energy in the room, you know, uh, something to spark it, just see if it happens. So I turned it on. I ran this for a little bit for maybe, like, three, four minutes. And we're all sitting there. And the next thing you know, after about a minute, after we turned it off, we hear this, like, tap on the table, this rolling of the fingers. All It's like we hear this roll as if somebody's, like, waiting for something. And everybody looked at each other like, whoa. We all put our hands up. We're like, nope, nope, nope. We wasn't all, my hairs on end right now just trying to describe this we to all you. looked at each other and then we all turn and we look at john and we're like you did it and uh, he's like no no, no. Just <laughs> <start> up. So, <laughs> so after that happens the chair that nobody was sitting in like down at the end of the table now it didn't go flying but it wiggled like it actually wiggled a little bit and the, but the best part about it was these chairs are old all these chairs are probably like 70, 80 years old that are at this table. And you know how like old wood creaks, you know? Sure, yeah. So we see this chair move, it wiggled. And then we heard the sound as if something sat in it. And you can hear like the weight. As something sat on the chair, you can hear that creaking of the wood. And, and then it gets settled. Like, I was like, the spread. <laughs> the, I was like, you have got to kiss. So that was a really, really cool yeah. experience. Yeah. Everybody's oh, like, neat. amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing time on that. Well, yeah, we've had a whole bunch of stuff, um, you know, doorknobs rattling. You know, it doesn't happen often, you know, but uh, over 130 investigations with the public, you know, you're bound to get something. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, matter of fact, it was just last night we had a crazy experience in an old chapel that we were in. We investigated a cemetery. And in this chapel, right towards the end of our, our investigation, it was the last group, you know, they were asking, can you please just show a sign of your presence, knock on a wall, tap, whatever it may be. And this doorknob rattled to the point where I thought the person sitting in the last pew there by the door was getting up and, like, leaving. And I look over, and they're all just kind of sitting there, and they're, like, five feet away from the door. And I'm like, hurry up. Go look outside the window. Make sure nobody was trying to get in. There's nobody around. Wow. I mean, it was absolutely wild. It was such a good time. Yeah, I love that stuff. It's interesting when you talk about, you know, you say, like, give us one more thing before we leave. We're about to go. We've noticed so you know, a lot of the work I do is in the woods, but I've noted that a lot of the activity that we experience in the woods, people will attribute to Bigfoot, but without ever seeing Bigfoot, right? But it's very similar to haunting activity. So in other words, you get bad smells, you get uh, stones thrown at you, which are warm to the touch, you get uh, weird unknown language, and footsteps and so forth. These are all things that happen, as you well know, in ghost hunts, as well as in the woods. But mm -hmm. and I've noted these you know these commonalities to the point where I genuinely feel there's a connection across the paranormal between all this stuff. That's a whole other story. In any case, one thing we've noticed is often like you know we'll hike three miles into a place where somebody said they had activity or whatever, spend you know most of the night there, and it's on the way out that we'll get stuff happening. Yeah. So, so it's, it's almost like as you're leaving, it's like stuff saying like, I don't know if it's trying to draw you back in, like, hey, stay for a while, or if it's you know saying goodbye. I don't, I don't know the reason for that, but we found that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I would say probably eight out of 10 investigations kind of seem to peak towards the end of the evening. You know, the other two, it's, it's like really wild right in the beginning, and it's just completely shuts down. Mm -hmm. But I'd say 
eight out of ten times. It, it's towards the end of the investigation is when things start to really pick up. Yeah, and of course you have the times where yeah, you know, a lot of people are like, we do a lot of on-site shows where we'll take recorders out and we'll record. You know, when we do stuff like that. But people are like, oh, it's, you know, it's time for another on-site show. It's like, well, I can't make stuff happen. You know, sometimes right. you go out and it's just nothing's going to happen. And I don't know the equation to making anything happen. No, and, and that's what I tell everybody. I ask them, please, have an open mind. Said, There's no Hollywood effect here. There's nothing fake. I said, this is your investigation. This is completely raw. So anything that you get, I mean, that was meant for you or the group that you're with. I said, so be happy if we get something and take that memory home with you because um, it doesn't happen too often. Yeah, it's always fun to like see the energy of the group too. Mm-hmm. You know, like we could be in a, a location, you know, two nights in a row and sometimes the energy of the group just is, I think, I don't know how exactly I'm just what, trying what to say, what they, it. what they put into it, you know, and that, that's always fun to see too, because, you know, if they get nothing, but they were just so energetic, that just makes their whole night. But mm-hmm. if it's a group that just is not necessarily like into the investigation or they're not really putting any effort into it themselves, they're not really getting anything out of it, even if there were things that were happening. So I always think that that's fun to, to see too, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. That's part of the fun of what we're doing, too, is just to see people enjoying, like, learning about the equipment, learning about how to ask questions to sometimes thin air, you know? (laughs) Um, That's also part of it, too, is I enjoy the energy and, and seeing what people are getting out of it. Absolutely. We've noticed that different combinations of people will kind of change things and, you know, in the same places. Uh, Sometimes you can get... Uh, very aggressive energy, and sometimes it's very, very calm and you know, chill and very nice. It's very, very interesting. And sometimes I've noticed that people who are like really, really thirsty for paranormal activity, and they're like, oh, you know, they want something to happen so bad. Sometimes that kind of kills it too. Yeah. yeah, it really does. You're right. Again, I don't know the rules. These are just things I've noted, <laughs> you know, as, as I've been doing this. Yeah. Have you guys captured any cool EVPs? Yeah, and you know what? Audio is absolutely my favorite yeah. part of any investigation. Me too. Uh, audio is just absolutely fascinating to me. You know, we're sitting here having a real conversation, real-time conversation. You go back and you listen to it. Like, wait a minute. There's, like, stuff answering us in the back. Like, what is happening? Where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. It's just incredible to me. You know, EVPs, I think one of our best EVPs, that we've had well just recently we actually had an evp in direct response to a name so the first thing that we always do is we always try to do this thing called like the circle of trust so you know if there's like five or six people in one of the group we'll all ask the same thing so you know we'll all introduce ourselves hi my name is john what is your name we'll wait five seconds go to the next person to all introduce themselves and we go back and we listen to it if anybody gets a response, we feel that that's the person who is, you know, the one that's trusted within that circle, and they should be doing the EVP session from that point forward. So we just had one recently where this gentleman introduced themselves, and right after that, we heard uh, Mark. Mark. You asked, what is your name? And the name was Mark. Yeah, I, yeah, I forget what the gentleman's name was. Let's just say it was Jim. Hi, my name is Jim. What is your name? And Mark was, I mean, it was clear as day. I mean, it was, it was like a whisper but you knew it was Mark. Mm-hmm. Like, where did that come from? You know, and then sometimes we'll play this thing where we'll just give them time. If they don't want to talk, you know, we'll just give them time, like, say, like a minute or so of just recording or a couple minutes of recording and just ask them to please, like, interact with something in the room, knock on something or whatever it may be, 
come over, touch the microphones, or whatever, and you go back and you listen to it, and you hear, like, heel-to-toe footsteps. It's like, none of us were moving. So when you get stuff like that, it's just absolutely incredible. We love it. Yeah, I, I'm super fascinated. In fact, I don't even take video with me out anymore because when we've had, yeah. like, strange lights and stuff, the videos are so unimpressive that people look at me and go, eh, you know? <laughs> so I've, I've stopped even trying to take video. The audio is so fascinating to me, and that's where we get, I think, the meat of everything. Yeah. I don't know... Well, I don't know that we're ever going to convince anybody with anything that, you know, if, if there's a hard skeptic, you know, they'll find a reason to doubt anything we bring to sure. the table. But I think there's more to the audio and to the video, honestly. It's, it's uh, a friend of mine said that it's almost like we're not allowed to video, but we have permission to record audio. And mm -hmm. I, I love that, the way he put that. And that's it, what I found. I just, the, the audio is such a treasure with this stuff. It, it absolutely is. I mean, uh, we, we've had. You know, in one of the meeting houses locally here, uh, it was only three of us. We were there late. You know, we it, it, actually what we did is we had a a public investigation, but myself, Carrie Ann, and our other teammate uh, for when we go do you know private investigation, she was with us, and we're like, hey, you wanna wanna hang out here and see what we can get, get some EVPs, do some work here. She's like, yeah, let's do it. So, same thing. So we're in this room. We're in this meeting house, and it's an old meeting house going back to the 1800s, late 1800s, and all original heart, you know, the flooring. So, you know, it creaks, and it picks up on anything. So, like, there's no sneaking around, just put it that <laughs> way, right? <laughs> so we're sitting there, and we weren't getting any voices coming through, but I did that same technique where I said, you know what? This is your show. You do whatever you want, and hopefully we can go back and we can listen to it and see what we get. So we record it. And the doorknob, it's all original hardware, too. I mean, this is like a skeleton key on this door, you know? And it's, yeah. it's really rickety. It's like brass knobs and everything. And it makes very distinct sounds. So we go back and we listen. And you hear the rattle of the door. Mm -hmm. You can hear it turn. You can hear that metal. Didn't really quite hear, like, the door open. But you can hear something afterwards. You couldn't make it out. But definitely the knob was turned, the sound of it anyways. And then about 30 seconds later, we hear these, like, you know how, like, a toddler kind of, like, runs? They kind of, like, stagger, like, back and forth, like, right, left, right, left. But like Yeah, heavy. they do that, like, toe run thing. Yeah. 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 Like, so we're, we're listening to it. And then we hear that up in the balcony because we had microphones up there. And you can hear this, like, nine steps to the left side and then to the right side. I was like, no way. So we got the door opening. And then we have this, like... Uh, which sounds uh, as if there was a younger child yeah. running up in the balcony. It was just wild, man. And then something did hit the microphone as well. Yeah. There was definitely an interaction with the microphone. Yeah, it actually hit like the limiter. Yeah. You know, on, on the audio. Oh, so yeah. it, it was fun. How much of your time is spent going through audio with a fine tooth comb? Well, since it's my favorite, I really focus on that. Yeah. Um, you know, for a private investigation that we do, you know, I'll, I'll spend. I don't know, uh, maybe four or five days just listening over and over and over again to see anything, cleaning up files and do what I have to do. For the public investigations, a lot of times, like when they're doing EVPs, like they don't even realize like it's in their pocket and you hear like the scratching of like, you know, the shirt or something. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but when somebody tells me, hey man, something really weird happened here, then we'll go back and we'll grab that one and, and we'll really go through it and uh, there's there's sometimes we got some really really good ones like some screaming like I don't know where that came from and we were all together so it's not like somebody made it up right yeah, but it, it was on that recorder 
So it's uh, it's pretty wild. I, I love audio. Like when we do an investigation, I'll mic up every room possible. As many microphones as I have, they'll go in a room and I'll sit there and I'll just be fascinated by the sounds of the house there, listening to it come alive, you know? Yeah, it's, it's completely fascinating. And yeah, sometimes we'll get stuff on the recorder that's so loud that we were like, how did we not hear that while we, while we were there? Like, how was that? You know what I mean? How did we not? Other times, we've been places. Uh, I've talked about this a bunch on the show. I, I was at this, this place one night. It was about midnight. I'm walking down this forest road. I'm recording. I'm a recorder in my hand. And right directly in front of me, it sounded like something broke a tree in half, like a living tree. It was, it was like a, an explosion. It, it was just like, bam, like if you can imagine, a, you know, not a rotten tree that would just break easily. This was like right. a living tree, and it just exploded. And, uh, you know, I don't know which expletive came out of my mouth, but it's probably a stream uh, of them. And yeah. uh, turned me right around. I was like, okay, I got the message. I'm not to go any further down here. But I thought, wow, this is, that's going to be great audio. Like this is going to be amazing. I can't wait. It's right. it's barely a knock on the recording. It's it's Isn't that something. Yeah, yeah. Like how? I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, there's just so many uh, so many things at play that well, I guess we just don't understand. We won't have the answers to until it's our turn. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not even then. <laughs> I have yeah. I have this kind of suspicion that uh, when we go, it might just be more questions. I hope not. I hope we get all the answers. But uh, yeah, I hope we'll not either. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. But um, yeah, audio, I'm I'm with you 100%. That's my favorite part. If I'm going through it, I'm usually preparing the show. You know, I try to go through pretty carefully, but often my listeners will pick out stuff that I didn't hear. You know, and they'll say, hey, check out this, and they'll, they'll give me the, the timestamp. And yeah, they'll have heard stuff that I just didn't pick up. I'm listening, and I'm listening carefully, but I'm also, you know, editing for a show, you know, trying to get, get stuff put out for a show. So there's so much to it. it. It's so rewarding. We can bond over that for sure. I love the yeah. audio. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And, you know, when you mentioned, like, when somebody else will listen to, like, a fan of your show, they're listening, it's always good to have another set of eyes and ears. Absolutely. Uh, watch, 
that you do. Like we just did an investigation not long ago. It was back in May. Uh, we were out at um, Hillview Manor out near Pittsburgh, right? And there was some really weird experiences. It was just three of us investigating this place on our own, floor by floor. We were there for about eight, nine hours. And the experiences we had at this place were just mind-blowing at times. Like, we were down in the basement, right? <laughs> we're down in the basement, and there's this section there where they held all the belongings to uh, the people who once occupied it. So at one point, it was a poorhouse. So there's a lot of children's items down there, you know, rocking horses and toys and things like that. But there's also recliners and walkers and wheelchairs and stuff that belong to the assisted living, the people who live there, like, you know, the end of, you know that lived there until they passed on. So I wanted to go down there to have that, like, maybe personal connection. Mm -hmm. So we were trying everything possible. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But Carrie Ann, she goes, hey. <laughs> She's like, I think we're being watched. I'm like, well, we are. I said, there's a camera up in the corner of this room, you know, because it's being monitored by the you know, the property owners. And she says, no, 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 there's something watching. And I didn't feel that. I didn't have that sensation. But she looked at me like, all right, Carrie Ann? Yes, like, <laughs> I was like, no, 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 we're being watched. So I moved closer <laughs> to the hallway, and I looked down the hallway, and I'm like, there is this mist. or And I said fog. And I'm like, there's a fog at the end of the hallway. And I'm like, and we're still being watched. <laughs> and so I'm like, there's no fog. <laughs> You're crazy. There's no fog at the end of the hallway. And so our teammate gets up and she comes running over and she's like, oh, there's a fog at the end of the hallway. And John's like, you guys are both crazy. There's no fog at the end of the hallway. Well, I go up to the door and I look out in this hallway and down at the end of the hallway, there's an exit sign. It's a red exit sign. So it's illuminating. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a fog down at the end of this hallway, man. There's this mist. At first, I'm like, wait a minute this place on fire is something wrong do we need to be concerned you know what i mean right yeah smell that so but it's like, like no we, it's yeah. not on fire yeah like she said like there's no smell i'm like all right let's go let's start walking we start walking towards it and this mist and we have a picture of it on our facebook you, know, you page. start taking pictures i started because... taking pictures instantly because i don't know what was going on. i'm trying to capture it and luckily i only had my iphone with me at the time the iphone 12 whatever i have it actually captured uh, this fog, this mist down at the end, but what was really interesting, to the right in this hallway, up against the wall, as if somebody was standing there to, like, not be seen, like, to try to, like, blend somehow, we caught, we have a picture of, like, a full-bodied apparition, everything. You can see the outline of the head perfectly, the ear, the shoulders, the body, all the way down to the feet. It was just absolutely wild. So that's like the first time I ever actually. But you're caught. telling this story because we didn't see it. It was when yeah. we went on like Facebook Live that the people that were on Facebook Live with us were like, "Never mind the mist. <laughs> what about that?" <laughs> oh <laughs> wow, wow. You know, so it was crazy, man. So it's always good to have that other set of eyes. Like it's just something we just didn't pick up on. Uh, well, absolutely. So. Yeah, again, we you know I do these we call them on site shows where we'll go out to places and record you know these different places haunted places whatever where people have Bigfoot experiences whatever and I will go alone I'm not afraid to go alone but I always say like I don't like to go alone for the reason the exact reason you're saying because if I see a mist I can get the other person to say hey do you see that right? right and then two people see it if I'm there by myself it's like well. You know, my you know my eyes could be playing tricks on me. You know, I I would be honest and say you know what I think I saw and so forth. But it really is helpful to have you know at least one other person with you, so you can both you know confirm like, hey, yeah, that's something. You know, 
absolutely. It's just crazy when you catch something like that, man. Like, whew, man, it's crazy. My hair's on end once again. It was just wild. Yeah, I'm, well, mist and fog is definitely a thing with this stuff. I Again, I don't know how it works exactly, but it's, you know, we've definitely run into to that before, for sure. You ever get any strange lights in these places? Um, No, we've never had really any strange lights like that we saw, you know, in person, but that same building that we were in and this comes back to our um you know our fans watching the pictures with us our one teammate she was uh, doing a spirit box session or estes method mm-hmm. you know and she has her eyes covered and the headphones on and we had a rem pod i think it was a rem pod behind no i'm sorry it was our it was our flux, flux two, two device it's a yes no device just one one side is red for no the other side is green for yes responses you know so we had that behind her and we're starting to make communication and carry our teammates. She's like uh, behind me um, to our left, to my left or to your left. And the moment she would say that, the left side of that device would light up over where she was saying, look to my left. So we look and it lights up and she's like, well, come closer. I'm to the left and it would light up again. So I started snapping pictures, but I used a Polaroid this time. I wanted to just see. You know, just use a different camera instead of digital. Print. Sure, yeah, yeah. So I started snapping some photos, and I took that, and I didn't look at them yet because they take like 15 minutes to truly develop. Mm-hmm. So we're being like directed, you know, mm-hmm. and, and me in particular. I'm in the back room now, so we're like going, and I'm going through this archway. I'm back here. I'm like, okay, so I keep walking, and they're like, I'm at the back door. And I look over to the left, and, well, there's a back door there. I'm like, oh, it's like no way. So I start walking in the back door, but we lost communication. Like, it just completely stopped for whatever reason. Wow. Uh, not really sure why. I wonder if you were going to the wrong door. I don't know what <laughs> the deal was, but then we go back and we look at the pictures. Which, again, somebody else told us somebody, to look at yeah, the and some, Yeah, like, yeah. like she said, somebody else says, yo. <laughs> so we posted this picture. What was interesting to us, right, Carrie Ann, was in front of our teammate, when you talk about lights or weird anomalies like that, in front of her mouth there's this what appears to be a streak uh, of white light in like a linear like a line coming from like right outside of her mouth and like shooting straight ahead and i thought that was really really cool and when we posted that on our facebook page we're doing live they're like don't worry about the light man what's behind her to her left well looking at her to the left right so we look and there's an apparition there of what appeared to be um, maybe a girl who's maybe like mid-teens, like that height, like in that range, wearing a dress of some sort. You could you see you could see the outline of like the ruffled like shoulders and like you could see the frilliness, like the outline, and it looks like she was wearing but in a doorway. But so in the doorway. So I was wondering if you're going you went to the wrong door. So I think door. I went to the wrong doorway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a crazy picture. So when you said you were being directed, so the person doing the ST session was kind of giving directions? Is that? Yeah. Giving directions. Okay, that's interesting. That's really interesting. So she didn't know, like she can't hear you. For people who don't know what it is, she's blindfolded with earphones or headphones on, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, So so she she can't see what you're doing. Nope. Oh, yeah, that's that's super interesting. That's super interesting. It is such a cool picture. Like you look and it's, it's there, man. I, so I went to the wrong door. Um. Um, I'm pretty sure you went to the wrong door. But talking, uh, that building had unique sm- smells. Yeah, when you mentioned smells. Oh, really? Stuff, yeah. yeah. Smells changed in that building. 
Yeah, that was a building that had unique smells. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And we do get smells. I think somebody told us they had like this burning smell sensation at one of our other locations uh, up in Scranton. That was me. Oh, that was your yeah. Jesus. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was me. That that was like a really weird night because one of our locations runs parallel to a mine fire. And so it was really weird because John was down in the basement and he was running a spirit box session with one of our groups. And when we met up after when we were doing a switch, because I was up on the third floor and I kept smelling fire. I was, it was just a really weird, but it smelled like a fire that somebody had poured like water on top of. So it was that smoldering, like Mm -hmm. that smell. But I was like, I just don't understand where I'm getting that smell from. It was really weird. I just wanted to meet up with him to tell him that I had that smell. So when he was down in the basement, the spirit box session that he was doing they kept talking. I don't know if you want to go over what you were getting. Yeah, I could do it briefly. Like everything that everyone that had the opportunity to get into this session and do it, they were saying fire, smoke, trapped, the number. can't breathe. Uh, the numbers I don't remember now. This is almost a couple of years ago. I don't remember the numbers, but the name John kept coming through. John, John, John. I didn't know if they were calling for me uh, or what it was, but here. Uh, we find out through historical records that one of the mine shafts, which, like Carrie Ann said, runs parallel right by this place we were at. There's documented mine shaft fires where people died, and three of them were named John, John. and they were trapped, oh, wow. trying to get out. And then Carrie, that's when Carrie Ann comes. She's like, "I smelled this like smoke." I smell. I'm like, "Well, here's what we just experienced down in the basement." So it, it's wild when stuff like this all connects. Yeah. So two part question. Mm-hmm. Is there a place that you, you regularly investigate that you wouldn't go to alone? Um, no, not me personally. I've never felt threatened uh, mm-hmm. in any location that we've ever been to. And I'm not saying that it can't ever happen, but, you know, I, I've never been to a place that I wouldn't go back alone. Are you carry in? I have never felt threatened um, at a location, but I don't know if I'd want to spend time in one of, like, the cemetery in Scranton alone. <laughs> it's too dark. <laughs> I mean, that is a really dark cemetery. And we saw a lot of wildlife walk through it. <laughs> yeah, I think you're more worried about the wildlife That's than anything exactly else. What it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes uh, that can be way more of a problem than anything else. The second part is, and maybe you've already told me, but uh, what has been your like most intense experience doing this? Um, I think the most intense experience for me anyways would have to be when my mother comes through for me. Ooh, yeah, that's gotta be. Wow. So my mom had always told me uh, ever since I'm a kid, she goes, you know, she's like, I don't like talking about this. She said, but I'm, you know, she's, when I was younger, you know, mommy's going to die one day and I need you to understand that. But she's like, I'll always be by your side. And she goes, any opportunity that I have, to interact with you or do whatever I can do, I will do it as often as possible. Okay. So, whew. so my mom has come through numerous times. Well, let me just start real quick here at this house. So my mom, she diagnosed, she was diagnosed with liver cancer in August of 2020. So she was at the house and she couldn't walk up these stairs anymore and she would sleep on the recliner, you know, that we had down here it was a couch that reclined and, you know, we take care of her and 
Well, what was really weird about when I talk about these stairs, like remember I told you, like my brothers and sisters would come down these, even though they weren't related to this house because they died somewhere else, but they would always come down these stairs. The stairs were really important in this house for some reason, and I don't really know why. But when she started to get ill, the activity in this house picked up. I, I can't even describe how active it started to get. Now, my dad passed away in January of 16. So their bedroom was at the very top of the steps. My dad can hear a pin drop a thousand miles away and my mom was dead. So she would be downstairs watching TV and this is, and she'd have the volume on like 90, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to sleep up there. And what he would do, you get out of bed you can hear it. You hear him slide off the bed, walk, go to the steps and you'd hear one, two, three, four. You get to the fourth step down from the top, and that's where the ceiling break is. You can see into the living room at that point. So he would stop on the fourth one, bend over, turn the damn TV down, right? <laughs> so, so that was his routine probably three times a week at least. So my mom is here on her couch. Uh, she's starting to get sick. I mean, I'm talking like probably September, October time now. Like she was diagnosed in August, but September, October, you know, she started to get a little bit weaker and things weren't working well for her. And my mom, of course, is still deaf. And, you know, she has the TV <laughs> cranking down here. We hear one, two, three, four. Don't hear a voice, but you can hear the four steps. Wait on the steps and you can hear them turn back around and go back up to the top. Well, the sicker my mom got and the longer that, you know, things went on, it would just become more and more frequent. Wow. Uh, daily, sometimes 10 times a day. Him coming down at this point, I believe it was checking on her. When she really started to get sick in December, I mean, we had her here for Christmas, which we're, you know, we're really grateful for. But right after Christmas, you know, my mom went to the hospital like January 5th and she never came out of the hospital. She wound up, you know, unfortunately uh, passing away in March. But I'm sorry we, for your uh, loss. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. But, oh, man, we would hear it all the time, the, the steps. And then they started to have pacing in the hallway. Things were just different. It was really, really active. It's almost like they were trying to prep. And then I didn't see any shadows or anything, but there was, like, multiple footsteps up there. It wasn't just my dad. So I'm assuming at this point it was probably my brothers and sisters but checking on my Can I just mom. interject sure. one time? Because when she was at the house, she did have a dream. Yes. She had a dream that she was standing at the bottom of the steps and her her husband and her three children were at the top wow. and they were telling her to walk up the steps. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, she said that she wasn't ready mm -hmm. to walk the oh, step. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. She, yeah. Yeah, she woke up out of that dream and I, I was sitting here and she was panicked. You know, I mean, you could see she was panicked. Like she was sweating. And I said, what's the matter? And that's what Carrie, that's what Carrie Ann just described. She, that's what exactly what she said. I had this dream that my babies were up there, and my and your your daddy was up at the top of the stairs, and they were calling. But she said she woke up because she wasn't ready to go. And I really think that was them trying to say, "Please come home." Right. You know? Sure. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm fine. Um, so when it comes to my mom interacting with me, it's happened probably at least six, seven times already now since she's passed, but. The most significant one. Uh, we were doing the Estes method with a with a group, a public group. At that cemetery. At that cemetery, the weird one. <laughs> we were trying to get other stuff because there's some really crazy stories up there. Like you know, there's a story of a gentleman who it's was such a was, good cemetery. It's just really dark and there's a lot of wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> 
his one gentleman was murdered and buried that was and buried there but his murderer is buried on the other side of his road right they're like so it's it's just a 50 really, paces away from each other it's Crazy. just a weird situation and we tried to oh, we'll see what we're gonna get so we tried to make communication but the first thing we always do is we introduce ourselves and we try to find out who we're talking to so one woman i don't know these people and they don't know my story she's doing the estes method i asked who's here with us tonight and the girl said mo now this is like real conversation like you and i are having right now she said mo so i said could you please repeat that mo well i start crying and i put my head down and i'm trying to compose myself because i'm working with the public you know, I don't want to look like, I'm trying not to look like a goof in front of everybody. Else. I'm yeah, trying to get yeah. together, you know. Mm -hmm. So the next thing that this woman says, says she goes, John. And I was like, yes. And she goes, put your head up. Like I told you, my head was down. She goes, I'm here now. And so is he. And I'm crying still. And I said, well, who's he? And then she just said, I'll see you later. Now, listen, my mom's nickname is Mo. It's mm. been Mo forever. Wow. This person know that. And I got called out, told me to put my head up, you know, because I was crying. And then the last thing that she said to me was, I'll see you later. Well, my mom and I, no matter what, if I was in person with her, on the phone, it doesn't matter. The last thing we always said to each other was, I'll see you later. Oh, wow. Wow. So there's no denying that there are ways for us to communicate, in my mind, uh, with people that have passed on because there's no way somebody would be able to fake that information to me. They don't know me. Right. And again, is this an SD session? Yeah, it, it is. Yep. Yeah. So she's not seeing you with your head down. Nope. Yeah. But I was, I was behind her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, wow. It's, it's pretty crazy. So my mom has come through and I can tell you a whole bunch of other times, but that was probably the most significant one. So I hope that answered what you another question that you asked uh, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah wow that's powerful stuff it sure is it sure is well if anyone wants to come and take one of your tours how do they get in touch with you and wyoming valley ghost tours so the best thing to do is go onto facebook wyoming valley ghost tours on facebook that's always up to date it's always uh live on there are you know our latest whatever we have going on our website yeah We'll get one eventually. We tried, <laughs> we tried doing one, and it was kind of a mess. And like, we need one professionally. But Facebook is always up to date. So Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours on there, and you go to the event tab, and it shows everything that we have coming up in the future. You could also text us or send us an email. Our email is info at Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours. That's plural dot com. And you have the equipment and stuff. If people don't have any equipment, they can use yours on the tours. Yeah, we provide all the equipment. Uh, we set you out in smaller groups. We teach you how to use the equipment, kind of do like a one-on-one before any of our tours. We provide all the equipment necessary to conduct you know, a pretty thorough investigation. Fantastic. So you're also having the Transcendent Paranormal Conference and Vendor Fair on September 17th of this year. It's from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Scranton Cultural Center. You've had other events, haven't you, previous to this? Yeah, so we started doing like oddity shows and, and different fairs, uh, you know, here in, in a local cemetery, the 44 cemeteries where we had our first one in May of 2021. And it was a really, really big success. We decided to do another one in October. And then 
in January, we like we were already like thinking about doing this Paracon at the Cultural Center, you know, for this year, uh, you know, the year previous. So we wanted to have like kind of like a trial run, so to speak, like without any celebrities, of course, but just do a show uh, vendor fair at the Cultural Center. And that was our curiosity show. And that was a mix of, you know, horror, paranormal, bizarre, macabre, anything weird uh, you could find at that event. So we had that in January 29th on during a snowstorm really super cold day and it wound up being a really big success so we just moved forward with we're going to do this paracon at the cultural center yep and it sounds like it's going to be huge it's multi-floor right it is so we're going to occupy let's see so that'll be one two three three floors wow yeah you know, three floors i'm very excited to be a part of it i'm excited to be one of the speakers and hey, we're thrilled to have you we really are we are well thank you for inviting me i, I look forward to coming up there and meeting you and very, very excited for this conference. It sounds like a great one. Once again, it's the Transcendent Paranormal Conference and Vendor Fair. It's September 17th of this year, 2022, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Scranton Cultural Center. Do people need tickets, or can they buy them at the door? Or where do they go uh, for more information? So we have tickets available right now in advance. You could buy them. If you go to our Facebook page, go to the event tab, and under Transcendent, scroll down, you'll see Get Tickets Now. If you buy them in advance, they're $15. At the door, you can also buy them. They will be $20 at the door. Very good. Well, I'm excited about it. It's coming up in September, and uh, we'll try to talk about it a little bit more as we go on through the summer here. Remind everybody that's happening. John, Carrie Ann, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We live our entire lives knowing that death awaits us. Many believe that some part of us endures. Eyewitnesses swear to have seen spirits of the dead haunting the living, and even appearing during alien abductions. Is the UFO mystery reaching out to us from beyond the stars, or from beyond the grave? This staggering implication demands not only scrutiny of the UFO phenomenon, but near-death experiences, ancient monuments, ley lines, the fey folk, cryptids, and more. I'm Joshua Cutchin. I'd like to invite you into the Ecology of Souls, a new mythology of death and the paranormal, a comprehensive theory of all things supernatural framed through the lens of our final transition. Join me as we journey from the depths of prehistory to the present, from the outer space of the cosmos to the inner space of the self. Ecology of Souls, Volumes 1 and 2, now available from Amazon in print and as a combined ebook. Welcome to the Ecology of Souls. Before we get to our curiosity of the week, I would like to thank Hundo B for the PayPal donation. Thank you very much. That's a huge help. We're a little bit late thanking you, but the show last week was pre-recorded and the PayPal donation came in at some time in there. So thank you so much. If you want to make a PayPal donation to help us out, that's a great help as well. There's a PayPal link in our show notes, paypal.me. You can click that, make a one-time donation. And thanks once again for that. That's a huge help. All right. This is a curious curiosity. We've been debating what this is. Exactly. Well, it's a box. We know. <laughs> but Bare minimum, it's a box. The decoration, the decorative style. I would uh, say 
non-specifically ethnic. <laughs> yeah, we're not sure if it's supposed to be or is perhaps I, Native I, American or South American or, or even Australian, Asian. Yeah, I, don't know, I, I thought maybe the wood would give me like a, some kind of a clue, like if we knew what kind of wood it was that we could sort of. But I can't figure that out either. But it is a cool box. It is a very cool box. It's sort of like um, it reminds me of like a cool like. A cooler version of like a Hellraiser box. <laughs> well, you know what you could put in there. I could put my weed in that. You That's could put I, your weed in. I don't have any, but I could <laughs> if I wanted to. That is. You could also fill it up with buttons too, which could. I feel like would be more my style. You could put your weed in there. Is I think it comes from an old Saturday Night Live skit, but I don't think I ever saw it. I know it because I worked at a guitar shop, and anytime someone would have a guitar case with a little pocket in it or a little case to carry picks or something. It was always the running joke in the store. We'd always say, oh, you can put your weed in there. So I picked it up from that. And I think somebody there told me, oh, it's from an old SNL skit. But I don't believe I ever saw the original skit. So. Is this like pre-Mr. Bill Saturday Night Live? I, this is I, like, I think so. Is this I back when Saturday Night Live was actually funny? Maybe. I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, again, I just picked it up from the guys at the guitar shop. So every time Allison brings a little box home from auction or an antique store or something, I always say, hey, you put your weed in there. <laughs> It seems like a, such a dated kind oh, yeah. of thing. It's like, <laughs> but this box, whatever it may be, it's very beautifully painted. It's neat. Yeah, yeah it's really I really neat. like it. We will put a photo of this in the show notes. If you absolutely know, like what it is, what it is, yeah, what country it comes from, sure. I would love to know and not be just a dumb American about it. But I, sometimes when Google Images fails. You don't, you don't have a lot left. I tell you what, <laughs> Strange Familiars listeners are great with stuff like this. So like they're great to crowdsource this kind of information. I would They'll be figure it out. I would be surprised if someone doesn't have I also think that because these little figures on the side look a bit like monkeys, that there's a, a potential that maybe it's from a culture who really appreciates monkeys. Well, that yeah, that's what makes me think maybe... You know, the question is, are they new world monkeys or old world monkeys? Yeah, and then this looks kind of like a little bunny, doesn't it? Like, to me, that looks like a figurative bunny. I don't know. I'm not sure. Somebody will figure it out, and then Somebody I'll be like, why probably... did I sell that? That was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a photo of this in the show notes. You can click on that. It'll send you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this awesome little box and other curiosities of the week. Also at Etsy, copies of my books you get them from etsy they we, come signed we just found while cleaning another box full of five or six packs of note cards oh yeah the bigfoot big heart note cards. we thought are, we were out of them but imagine that we cleaned and found something that we didn't know we had they are back in stock but i'm not making them so those are that's the, it that's it i think we added we found six packs of mm-hmm. them that's the end of them but if you want the bigfoot big heart note cards they're back in stock we will be getting new prints and some old prints that are that are out of stock. They should be coming in by next week. I have original artwork up there as well, including the artwork for tonight's episode. So you, you can grab that. We have Strange Familiars t-shirts there. The classic design with the blue Awoken Tree logo. And much more. Buying from our Etsy shop helps the show as well. It's a big help. Helps us keep everything going and keep content coming to you. While you're on Etsy, check out our friends at Karmic Garden. Check out Chad's shop, Ruck Rabbit Outdoors. Is that it for this evening, Allison? I believe it is. All right. I think that's it. We'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars.
Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars gathering group. We're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars, one word. Please give us a follow there because it makes me feel like <laughs> it's worth getting up in the morning when I see we have new followers. And we're on the web at strangefamiliars.com.
sun gone down Darkness beyond me know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.